Hallelujah. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Easter. Turn to your other neighbor and say, You look good. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, like he said, he called me an evangelist. So normally I'm outside preaching tent revivals or crusades or outreaches and other stuff like that. So normally I hold a microphone. So today is actually I get one of these very fancy microphones you get to clip right here. And uh, I kind of felt like Will Ferrell from Talladega Nights. Like, what do I do with my hands, you know? So if you listen close, there will be a lot of, like, pop culture references that you can pick up on. But um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. So today, if you want a title for the message, it's called The Cross, No Other Way. You say, well, it's Resurrection Sunday. Why are you going to go back to Good Friday and talk about the cross? Well, it's really become the symbol of Christianity. I mean, you pulled up to the church today, you've seen a cross right on the wall there. Every, every Catholic church you look at, every Protestant church, you always see a cross. People wearing cross necklaces. It's a sign of destruction and death, but somehow it's become the symbol of Christianity. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 2, Paul said this, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I don't know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, if you want to, you can turn over to Galatians quickly. Chapter 6. It's the next book after 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6, verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So God forbid that I glory save in anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So why was he glorying just in the cross? Why wouldn't he glory in the virgin birth where Jesus was born of Mary? The only person ever to cross the horizon of time to be born of a virgin. Why wouldn't he glory in that? Why wouldn't he glory in all the miracles that Jesus did? Why did Paul choose to glory in the cross? Why didn't Paul glory in the resurrection? He said, the cross. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's been over 2,000 years now, and the cross still remains the symbol of Christianity. Has anyone ever, well, if you pulled on this property, you've seen a cross. Yeah. Amen? Because it's right on the front out there. Beautiful marble cross. Isn't this a beautiful property? Amen. Who was with us at Egg Fest yesterday? Ra raise your hand. And thank you. Give a big round of applause to all the volunteers. Everybody helped out there. Now, I'll ask you this. Who is it your first time ever coming to Boomerang Church? Wave your hand at me. Wow, thank you so much. We're glad you're here. Got some people right on the front row. I think they're from West Virginia. The mountain folk drove all the way down here. But over 2,000 years, the cross has been a symbol of Christianity. Why? Why is the cross so special? This thing that the Roman army used to use to torture and kill people with has somehow become special. Well, the cross isn't special at all. Right. It's because someone hung on the cross. Now the cross has taken on this symbol of that person. Now, did y'all see in the news where basically last week, Notre Dame Cathedral 
and Paris, France. It's been all over the news. Every news channel you can look at has burned down. This great, beautiful, beautiful church has burned out. Who saw that with me? Raise your hand. Beautiful church. But you know what? CNN, which I normally like to call the Communist News Network, <laughs> they even had to post a symbol of this beautiful gold cross after the fire was out, after the destruction stopped. This beautiful gold cross remained untouched in that beautiful cathedral. I got to see it when I was young. We drove there, drove by the cathedral. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing building. Just phenomenal what man can do. But this cross remained after. And it's like this golden cross there, and it was shining. I mean, you look at the picture. Look it up when you get home. It's almost like a haze was around the cross because the smoke was there, and the gold was shining through. It's like the cross is still screaming out to our generation, Come unto me and be saved. Come, all you who weary and heavy laden, come unto me and find rest. The cross, that call is still going out. Now, that cathedral burned down. The cross was there, but... It's not special. The cross is not special. The building's not special. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful building. It was 856 years old. But that doesn't compare to who hung on the cross. Right. I was looking for a cross there, but it's just a battery. It's outside. <laughs> it's who hung on the cross that made it special. And it, it's so special, the person that hung on the cross, that his apostles, when they were martyred, they said, do not... Kill me the way you killed Jesus. Right. And several of them actually hung on crosses. One said, nope, put me on an X, hang me upside down. Then Peter himself, he was on a normal cross, but he said, hang me upside down. He says, I am not fit to die the way that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died. Yeah. It's powerful. And what is, is so amazing that I'll, I'll go ahead and turn it to Luke. I mean, this message is fresh right off the press for you today. I stayed up to about one last night. I found, found out for sure that I got to speak to you, which is a great honor. It's my first Easter Sunday, because normally Easter Sunday, you're like, man, that's the Sunday. Bring the camels out. Make sure everything's spotless. I mean, that's the Sunday most people come to church that don't go to church all year, yeah. which there's a joke that I'll tell you real quick. So there's a pastor, and uh, he was preaching one Sunday, and he looks out in the congregation, and he sees a gentleman in the back that he hasn't seen in a long time. He says, man, i got to talk to him on the way out. I haven't seen him in forever. So they're going ready, going out the doors. Pastor's last one out. And uh, that man was standing in the lobby. He shakes his hand. He says, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. He says, you know what? You need to be in church. He says, we're in the Lord's army. You need to get in the church. You need to be here in the Lord's army. He says, why haven't I seen you? Well, he leans over to the pastor real quiet. And he says, well, well, pastor, he says, some of us are in the secret service. <laughs> The Secret Service, they only come Easter and Christmas. Amen. <laughs> Say no other way. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 22, verse 42. There was no other way. Jesus searched for it. Now, if you're in here and you're like me, you love the Marvel movies. Definitely if you're, you're a millennial or under that generation, you love the Marvel movies. So recently, I mean, it just struck me. Uh, we went over it the other night, and we were talking about a certain scene where 
people start like going and stuff like that. But I was reminded of when Doctor Strange, well, we were making fun of the Spider-Man part, but <laughs> I'm not going to bring up names and stuff. But it like so stood out to me because Doctor Strange, who's ever seen Marvel movies, so I know who I'm talking to. Okay, pretty much everybody. The last 20 years, they've been like laying out this plan, and we're like almost there. The end game's coming out this week. So I know a lot of people are excited to see it. So Doctor Strange is sitting there. Everyone is dying because Thanos just got the glove, and he made the snap, and his goal was to kill half of humanity because he was righteous. So he wanted to kill everybody. I don't get it, but he thought he was doing good, but he wasn't. So Doctor Strange was sitting there. And he's getting ready. Doctor Strange is about to disappear because of the snap. And he looks over at Tony Stark. And Tony Stark's like, why did you do that? And he looks at him and he says, there was no other way. And right previously before that, he goes back in time because he had the time stone. And he was able to look at 14 million different possibilities and outcomes of how they could win this war against Thanos. And there was only one way that they could win. And he looked at Tony Stark and he said, there was no other way. It had to be this way. There was no other way. In Luke 22, verse 42, Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is actually the crushing place. He's there. He's in the crushing place. And it's actually where they used to crush wine. It's like the wine press. So they crushed the grapes. So Jesus is there praying. He's being crushed. Our sin is coming upon him. He's praying to the Father. He said, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, so much stress was upon him. The highest form of stress the human body can stand was coming upon Jesus. He prayed more earnestly. Praying the same thing to the Father. If, it, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. God, let it pass from me. It's too much. Nevertheless, let your will be done. He prayed earnestly, and his sweat, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. The highest form of stress, when your body is hemorrhaging and pushes out blood, your body is so overcome with stress. None of us here have been so overcome that we Literally, sweat drops of blood. You're not injured or anything, but the stress and agony that's on your body is pushing blood out of your pores. It's, it's, it's terrible to think about. But there was no other way. So Jesus was praying. He was saying, Father, is there another way that they can be saved? Is there another way? Is there another way can they... It, what, can they, what can they do? What can we do? I'm thinking of the possibilities here. He says, can they earn their salvation? Can they pay for it? Can they work for it? Is there something that they can do? Can they pay another sacrifice? Uh, what, what else is possible so I don't have to go through this? So this cup can pass from me. But God's will, there was no other way. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. And Jesus already knew this, but he was checking up one more time before he had to go to the cross. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. There's no other way. 
There's no other way for us to receive victory. There was no other way for us to receive healing in our body. There was no other way for us to receive deliverance from these demonic forces that plague our mind, our mental problems, stress that he bore. Pastor Brian mentioned a thing the other day. He says he wore a crown of thorns on his head. And I told him I was going to quote this because it was so powerful when he said it. It just hit me. I actually teared up a little bit. I tried not to show it because men aren't supposed to cry, right? But he wore a crown of thorns on his head. And thorns happened after the curse came into the world. And it says we had to toil. Now men had to toil and work to reap a harvest from the earth. And there were thorns there. So he bore our toil and thorns on his very head. There was no other way for us to get around that. We couldn't bypass it. We had to go through that way. There was no other way. The cross was the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hebrews 9.22 says, without a shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or remission of sin. There has to be a shedding of blood. From the very beginning in the garden, God literally slain a lamb to cover Adam and Eve after they sinned. The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. None. No, No other person besides Jesus himself is good. Whether you come out of the womb, you might, your mom might think you're good, like my mom does. She says, oh, you're my precious baby. I said, well, if you knew some of the things I did, I'm not going to tell you. But God knows. You come out of the womb. This sweet little Hannah sitting on the front row is already needing the saving power of Jesus Christ in her life. Because she was born into sin. Every person that dawns the horizon of time has been born into sin because of the first man, Adam. But there's been a second person to come. Amen? Jesus came so there could be a way. But that way was him going to the cross. He had to die. He had to shed his blood so that we, it doesn't matter what sin you've committed, you might be the most perfect person here. But you maybe had an impure thought. You might have stole a grape when you were a child. Who knows what it is? Or you might be the worst sinner out there, like me, like I used to be, before I met Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are, what you've done. We need that forgiveness. We needed Jesus to go to the cross. There had to be a shedding of blood. But it didn't end at the cross. Amen? Of course, we call this Easter Sunday, but it's also called Resurrection Sunday. He got up so we could get up. Amen? He rose so we could rise. Amen? I'll read this to you. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15, 52. You hold it there for a second. Got a couple stories I want to tell you. Now, if Jesus just went to the cross and it ended there, there's nothing else that separates us from Islam, Hinduism, right. Buddhism, right. any other the isms out there, whatever you want to think of, uh, atheists, what, whatever you think, whatever religion you're a part of, there's nothing that would separate us. Right. There's nothing that makes Christianity special up until this point, even if the miracles before Jesus went to the cross. If he didn't get up, that means it wasn't sealed and it wasn't done. God did not approve of his sacrifice, of the blood to forgive us. 
But when he rose, that means that now we have access into everything that Jesus had access into. Now we have healing that we can access. Now we have deliverance we can access. Most of all, we have forgiveness of sins that we can access. Now we're not separated from God anymore. Now we're drawn nigh because of what Jesus did. Now we can become a new creature, the Bible says. When you receive Christ, you literally are transformed from the old you into a new you. You become a brand new kind of being, the Bible says. You become a child of God. That's powerful if you think about it. So now, Jesus, he's our Lord, he's the King of kings, but now he's also our brother. He's the firstborn of many. He paved the way because there was no other way. Say there was no other way. Besides the cross. I'll tell you about Watergate. I saw this the other day. It was posted. Back when Nixon, way before I was born... There was a water, it was called the Watergate scandal. And there was a man that used to work on the special counsel with Nixon. And he said, I know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true because Watergate proved it to me. Watergate proved it to me. He said, a government scandal proved to you that Jesus rose from the dead? He said, yes. He said, because there were 12 apostles, all of them for 40 years preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were beaten, they were slain, they died, they were martyred. Not one of them repented of saying and preaching Jesus rose from the dead. They witnessed it. They said it. Not one of them turned back. And he said, you know how Watergate proved it to me? He said, 12 of the most powerful, like strongest men in the world at that time could not keep a lie for three weeks, it got exposed. They couldn't hold it in. But the apostles were able to say the, that Jesus rose from the dead, preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ for 40 years, being beaten, imprisoned, martyred, and not one of them changed their story or one of them say another thing. He says, that proved to me that they weren't lying, that they were telling the truth. It's powerful. When Jesus rose from the dead, there were many infallible proofs. I'm going to tell you a story about someone. You probably haven't heard it, but I do get the opportunity to travel quite a bit. I was in Italy not too long ago helping a little church there. I mean, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. I love the people. They're farmers way up in the north where I was at. They're farming all the time, farming culture, which I come from because I'm from Florida. So we grow citrus and stuff down there. Always out there working in the fields, working hard. So I learned how to put in a good day's work for my father, which I'm thankful for. But I was over there, and I learned about some of the infallible proofs that were recorded and witnessed, but they're not in Scripture. But they're all recorded by the church that they happened. So when Jesus died on the cross, instantly there was a shockwave that radiated because of his death. Now, he wasn't killed. He willingly gave his life on the cross. It says he bowed his head. So before that, his head was erect. He was holding his head up. With all of the injuries, it says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities. So your spirit can literally sustain whatever's coming against you. Thank God we have the spirit of Christ through Jesus. Amen. We can be sustained and walk through anything. Amen. Victory has been provided for us. So a shockwave went out. 
literally, that shockwave hit the temple. There was a great earthquake. The veil in the temple was torn. The Holy Spirit came out of the temple. Everybody was scared. Thunder and lightning. It's like, man, they've never seen someone's death affect all of creation like this did. And what else happened with that shockwave? All of a sudden, the shockwave hit the tombs. And literally, people that were in the tombs came back to life. Righteous men that were in the tombs were instantly raised from the dead. So Jesus' death, life, the shockwave of life, went out. And people were raised from the dead without him having to do anything. And they come out of the grave. So imagine this, being sitting, sitting down to dinner, about to eat some lamb or whatever they were eating back then, tearing some matzo bread or whatever. Or I don't even know what that is. It just sounded like it was from the Middle East, so I said it. So they're sitting there. You're, you got your mom, your dad's at the table. You're sitting there, you're a kid. All of a sudden, your grandfather that's been dead for 15 years walks in the door. Hey, let me tell you what just happened over there. Who would run out of the room? I would be freaked out. He'd probably still look like he just walked out of the grave. Still got his grave clothes on. Crazy. Infallible proofs. That means could, cannot be proven false. Many infallible proofs. So I know if you are in America and you've seen the news, you've heard the word Mueller report. I know everyone's heard it. Not talking about Trump, not talking about politics, but you've heard the Mueller report. Some people believe it, some people. It's still not accurate, so it can be fallible. So a government document that we all hear about could be fallible, couldn't be fallible. But what I brought that up to show you that it was so infallible what Jesus produced after his resurrection. No one could question right. that he did not raise from the dead. Yeah. Infallible. Say infallible. infallible. Now I'm going to tell you about a man. His name is Longius. Longius. He's an Italian man. He was actually a Roman. Now this man, you say, man, I've never heard about him. But who's heard that Jesus had a peer, spear pierce his side, shoved into his side? He was pierced. It was like the fifth wound that Jesus had to suffer before he died. He said, when the spear was pulled out, out blood and water came flowing out. So that man that pierced his side was Longius. He was a Roman soldier. He was actually blind. When the blood and water hit his face, his eyes were opened and he could see. And all, and literally, he was there with everyone else and they they said truly this is the son of god he knew that jesus was the son of god because of all the infallible proofs he saw after the death and resurrection of jesus christ so what he did he started traveling and preaching everywhere he went he was converted he says you know what jesus is real i'm going to preach it everywhere i go so when i was in italy they took us up to a little town we were looking for something to eat going to verona and we stopped at this small city called Montava. And that's where Longius ended up being martyred for Jesus Christ. So he was a Roman soldier that pierced Jesus' side, became a preacher, and died in northern Italy for preaching the gospel. But it didn't stop there. Because say this after me. Say, God is the same today, today. Yesterday, yesterday, and forever. So St. Longius, they call him now, because I guess the Catholic Church took record of it. He was died. They beheaded him. So Pontius Pilate took his head and had it brought and thrown outside the city into a dung heap. So there was a mother 
the story continues. Say infallible proofs. She was coming down to the city where they brought his head back to. And she was bringing her son because he was ill. Her son died and she was, she was actually blind herself. So she was praying and she was in so much agony. An angel appeared to her and said, go outside the city and look for the head of a martyr in the dung heap. So she had someone lead her outside the city. She started digging on her hands and knees, looking looking for St. Longius' head. As soon as she touched his head, her eyes opened. Say, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus made the way so we could access everything that Jesus had access to. Amen? Healing, deliverance, victory, peace, joy. That's all ours. Because he rose from the dead. If he didn't raise from the dead, then there's no reason for us to even come here this morning. It would be just a religious uh, spectacle, just like other religions do. But why is Christianity different? Just like Pastor Brian read a second ago, the one true God. The one true God. He says, I am the way. All other ways are false. Heaven is not a meadow with bunch of, a bunch of different walking paths that you can try and get to it and access it. It doesn't matter which path you take. It's just as long as you take one and get there. No, there is one way. God said, narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. There's no other way to heaven or to the Father but through Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead. We have access. Say, I have access. access. Now he's coming back. Now me being an evangelist, I typically like to stick to the ABCs of the gospel. I know the XYZs, but I get to stick to the ABCs because I get to get out there in front of people that have never heard about Jesus before. So if you haven't found it yet, don't worry about it. I'm going to read it to you. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, say moment. moment. What's a moment? That's a moment. There's another moment. There's another moment. In the twinkling of an eye, blink your eyes real quick. That was quick, huh? I think I did it like three times on accident. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, not Donald Trump, the last trump, The trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised. Incorruptible, we shall be changed. The twinkling of an eye. In an instant, Jesus is coming back. There is more documentation and more proof that Jesus was raised to the dead than there is that Julius Caesar was the emperor of Rome. It's infallible. You can't argue it. People know it. That's why they hate it so much because you have to make a choice. There's no way around it. Uh, Yesterday, if you were at the egg hunt, you would have heard me talk about the two men that were on the cross with Jesus, one on his left and one on his right. One said, if you're the Lord, then get us down from here. Save us and yourself. The other said, Lord, remember me. He did not doubt. He confessed that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10.10, I'm going to read it to you. It's the last scripture I'm going to read. For 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you're sitting there, you're like, man, Jesus is coming back. Well, how do I know for sure? How am I going to get into the gates? How do I get rid of the sin that I've been born into? I didn't want the sin. I was born into it. How do I get into heaven? How do I make it? It's this simple. This is how much God loves us, that he sent Jesus. Jesus bore and chose to go to the cross, chose to obey the will of his Father. And now it's this easy. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever, say that's me, believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. There's no difference between any human being. There's one God. We all come from the same two people. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no other way. We have to make a choice. Jesus made a choice and we have to make a choice. We can't get around it. There's one way. That means we have to go to the cross. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That means we have to take that same road that Jesus took. That means, oh, do I have to like die and be crucified on the cross? No. Jesus already did that. He made the way. He busted the doors of heaven wide open so now millions and billions of people can follow after him. He made it easy for us. Now we become overcomers because he overcame the world. We overcome the world by our faith in Jesus Christ. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have to deal with the things that you normally deal with on a daily basis that other people have to deal with. That's why this is so important because we don't have to struggle. There is a struggle-free life that we can step into through Jesus Christ. We have access because he raised from the dead. I wouldn't be telling you this if Jesus didn't raise from the dead. I wouldn't have given my life, say, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll go to the far ends of the world. I'll go to Timbuktu. I'll go wherever you want me to go because I know that Jesus is real. Because he's come and he's impacted my life. And because he's impacted my life and I meet other people that he's impacted. And I read all the wonderful things that he did when he was alive. And the things that he's still doing after He's raised from the dead. He's still working in the earth today. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. He's here today. We don't even have to pray for him to come. All we have to do is show up because he's with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, but you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. There's no other way. It's like the old saying goes, my way or the highway. I'm going to ask every person in here to bow your head and close your eyes. I love you so much. I've given my life to make this my message just like Longius did. To shout it from every rooftop that I can. To tell as many people as possible that I can. Because I know it's true and I know it's real. I could stand up here. You could put a gun in my mouth. I would not deny Jesus. Because I've met him and he's so real. And he wants to meet you today. He's calling out to you like that cross of Notre Dame. He's saying, come to me. You've been dealing with too much. Give it to me. I will give you rest. Give me your junk so I can give you peace. 
If you're in here today with all heads are bowed and all eyes closed, and if something were to happen, you were to leave this place, you were to get in the car wreck, which you won't, you were to go home tonight and lay your head down and you didn't wake up in the morning, are you for sure of your eternity? Do you know 100% that you would spend eternity in heaven with Jesus forever? Or are you not sure? Are you in here and you don't remember a time where you walked down to an altar and you confessed Jesus as Lord? How simple it is like we just read. Confessed him as your Lord and Savior and given him your life. Not just said it. Say, oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. The Bible says that demons believe in Jesus and they tremble with fear. So it's not just saying, yep, I've heard of Jesus, I believe in Jesus. No, it's you making the choice, saying, you know what, I'm going to take that way that Jesus made for me. Because I heard today that there is no other way. I surrender. I give you my heart, I give you my life. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. You don't remember a time where you have ever did that. Today is your day. There's three calls. That's the first. The second call is this. You're in here. You've grown up in church, but you don't serve the Lord like you should. Something's happened. Maybe it was a storm that came against your life, a sickness that's rocked your family. It's been so hard. It's made you doubt God. Like, if God's so good, why did this happen to my family? There's another way. You don't have to deal with that anymore. Maybe it was a sudden divorce that's rocked your faith. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one. Someone died. You can't, you're just mad at God. You can't get over it. You don't understand why. Maybe it's rocked your faith. You used to love to come to church. You used to be the person that would get up and sing. You'd be the first person there to hold the door. But now your faith is like shipwrecked because of this storm that's come against you. Maybe it's been the loss of a job. Now you're just struggling, trying to get along. Like, man, why am I struggling? He said, well, I don't have to struggle anymore. And I'm telling you, you don't have to. You can give it to him today. Maybe it was a sin that took you out. Everybody can see it. You fell into to a sin, and man, you're just so embarrassed to go to church. This is the first time you've come in a long time. You just can't shake it or get away from it. Everybody knows what you've done. It's so outward, everyone can see it. Or maybe it's something that's more inward in your heart. It's the hidden sins of the heart the Bible calls us. Maybe it's lust, perversion, anger, bitterness, jealousy, unforgiveness, which the Bible says if you can't forgive, the Heavenly Father cannot forgive you. It's like poison in your heart that you need to get out. It's keeping you from God. Today's your day if that's you. And then there's a third call. You're here. You love Jesus with all your heart, but you are not for sure of your salvation. You don't know for sure if you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You lay down at night and the devil torments you. He reminds you of all the bad things that you've done, saying you're really not saved. You don't know for sure. No, you're not saved. You remember this? I remember this. Man, how could God ever forgive you for that? I'm telling you, there's no sin that God cannot forgive. God paid the price for all by sending his son Jesus. He gave his best because he wants you to come and join him. Because God loves you. He made the way. Jesus took the way where there was no other way so we can come to the Father. So we could have a way. So if that's you, while all heads are bowed and all eyes are closed, and I see the Lord dealing with people already, don't be afraid. But on the count of three, I'm going to say a prayer with you and for you. But I want to pray for you. If that's you, 
on any of those three calls with no one looking around. This is a serious moment. Raise your hand to heaven on the count of three because I want to say a prayer for you. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. I see your hand. All right, put your hands down. Now go ahead and look at me. If you're on this side of the church and you didn't raise your hand a second ago and you want to say, Stephen, include me in that prayer that you pray. I should have raised my hand, but something kept me from raising my hand. Wave your hand at me. Say, include me in that prayer. Say, include me. Anyone? From the back to the front. You're on this side. You should have raised your hand, but you didn't raise your hand. You want me to include you in the prayer I'm going to pray. Say, include me. Raise your hand now. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, thank you. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to do something bold because Jesus said this. If we confess him before man, he said, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But he says, if you deny me before man, he says, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. So if that's you on any of those three calls, I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Give them a, a round of applause as I stand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more brave thing. Let the bravest come first. I'm going to ask you to come down to the front and take a stand. Take that way that Jesus made for you. Go ahead and come down. I'm going to ask you to come down here so I can pray for you. Go ahead and come. Yeah, give them a round of applause as they come. This is a brave thing to do. Thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Taking a stand for Jesus today. Saying, you know what? I'll confess Jesus. I'll accept him. I know that he is real. Because what I've heard today, the word is real. And God, just like he did in other people's lives, he's going to do a transformation in your life. You might be up here. It doesn't matter what you've come up here for. Any of the three calls, God knows. But we're going to pray one prayer that fits all. Now I'm going to ask Pastor Brian if he would come and lead you in that prayer. So if you would, just raise your right hand to heaven because that's where your help comes from. Amen. Just pray this with me. Pray it out loud. The verse that Stephen read uh, earlier said, If you'll confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. And I just invite everybody in the crowd, whether you're standing up here or not, let's all just confess that today. And just say this with me. Say it out loud. Don't just think it, but say it out loud. But mean it with your heart. And so just right now, just say, Lord, Lord, today, today, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's the director. He tells me what to do. He tells me what to do. And I'll be obedient. And I believe, and I believe that he took my mess on him. My sin. And it took him to the cross. And into the grave. And I believe that God brought him back to life. Raised him up from death. And when he raised up Jesus, he raised me up. He didn't leave me in that place. And the Bible says that I'm seated with him now in heavenly places. With Christ. I'm raised up. I am a new creation. He's made me new. Glory to God. Now let's just pause for a second. Glory to God. Just say, Father, I receive that newness now. Glory. Now just 
Just let the Holy Spirit work on you. Lord, glory to God. Amen. Lord, make it new now. Everybody, let it be new right now. Let your work, your renewing right now, let it happen in their lives. Lord, drop the weight of sin from their lives. Father, let them receive newness of life. Let healing start to come into their body. Let the joy of the Lord start to come in and strength change. Lord, let lives turn around and be completely new again. Lord, fill them with joy. I'm asking you, Father, loving Father, fill them with joy now. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength. Glory to God. Now let's all just pray this. Just pray this with me again out loud. Say, Jesus... Jesus, I want to live this life right. I want to live it above and not beneath. I don't want to do what's wrong. I want to do what's right. So I need your help. I ask you, baptize me. Overflow me with the Holy Ghost and with your fire to live this life Full of God and separated from the sin. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Stephen and I just want to pray, and I'm going to let Stephen just bless in a second, but would everybody just, would you just bow your head one more time if you would? Now, and just answer this, quer- uh, this question so I can see. If you pray that today, whether you're standing up here or if you're sitting in your seat, but you needed to pray that prayer and you felt the Lord really touch you and move, we want to pray for you that you would be blessed, that you would just uh, go in overflow. So if you prayed that and you said, Lord, oh man, I needed to pray that today and I felt God moving on me today, whether you're up here or whether you're seated back there, uh, will you just raise your hand so Stephen and I can see? Just raise them, keep them up high. Glory to God, we see those. Anybody else that, amen, we see those. Hallelujah. We needed that. And let's just pray. Right now we're going to pray. And you just receive the blessing of God to strengthen you for the rest of your life. And I want you to know that as we pray, as a church here in Albemarle, we believe in you. You might not have had the greatest past. You might not have come from the best family, but we believe in you. Why? Because we believe that if you will just say yes to Jesus, he will empower you, and we are here for you, and we love you. And I just ask right now that as Stephen prays to bless you, that you will feel the power of God flood your life today. Amen. Go ahead, Stephen. Amen. Just go ahead and lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray two prayers real quick. My mother used to seal, she still does, seal strawberry jam. <laughs> so nothing can get inside the jar and pollute it. So whenever we need to use the jam, the jam is preserved and it's sealed inside the jar and protected. Yeah. So I'm going to pray that for you, that God comes and seals you by his spirit unto the day of salvation. I see many people already getting touched, yeah. already crying. And that's fine because this is an emotional thing. God is literally coming and changing people's hearts. He's taking burdens off of people. He's healing people's body as we speak. But the Bible says, it says, we are changed when we receive Jesus. We become a brand new creature. 
There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that condemnation that's been beating you over the head, it's leaving now. Yes. That depression that's been bothering you, it's leaving now. That addiction that's been binding you, it's leaving now. That torment, that unforgiveness in your heart, that hurt that you've been hiding and haven't been telling anybody, it's leaving now yes. in Jesus' name. So I'm going to pray for you. Then I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Father, I ask that you seal every one of these precious ones up here yes. by your blood and by your spirit. That not one of them would be missing on that day. But all of them will be represented in heaven in front of you forever and be your children. I thank you that nothing shall take them out because they are sealed now in Jesus' name. Now I command you to be blessed in Jesus' name. Yes. Be blessed in Jesus' name. In every area of your life, be blessed I rebuke every foul demonic attack against your life. Yes. I command it to be broken now in Jesus' name. Every addiction be broken now in Jesus' name. Every form of depression leave you now in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for it. And I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. You are now my Father. You are now my Father. Because of your Son, Jesus. Because of your Son, Jesus. But you have more for me. But you have more for me. I need the power. I need the power. To live this life. To live this life. The power that the apostles had. The power that the apostles had. The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. You said I could ask. You said I could ask. And Jesus would baptize me. And Jesus would baptize so me. So I ask you now. I ask you now. Baptize me. Baptize me. With the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. And fire. And fire. With the evidence. With the evidence. Of speaking in other tongues. Of speaking in other tongues. I receive it. I receive it. Now. Now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.